0: Georgia's DBHDD is warning all Georgians that half of all opioid deaths happen at home when people take an oxy or a perk with a glass of alcohol for stress or to sleep. Learn more about protecting families from opioid overdoses at opioidresponse.info.
1: Glad to have all of you back with us for Political Rewind. Boy, it is December. Already, hard to believe, but uh, we've just come through a long Thanksgiving weekend. I hope all of you out there had a relaxing, peaceful Thanksgiving, got a chance to eat a lot of good food, um, and are ready to get back to hearing about politics again. (laughs) I know our panelists in the studio today are ready to go again. They include Jim Galloway. He, of course, is the lead political writer for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, he files his stories in the newspaper on Wednesdays and Sundays and he oversees the political insider blog. Did you eat a lot of good turkey? Yeah, and as as you know, I just finished the leftovers of the leftovers yeah.
2: of the leftovers. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, Yeah, Galloway came here early and brought in some turkey tetrazzini that you made yourself. I did. I did.
2: Betty Crocker recipe. (laughs)
1: Okay. Well, there you go. (laughs) With Uh, sherry. With sherry. Listen, we've got a doubleheader from the AJC today. Tia Mitchell is uh, settled in in Washington where she's going to start reporting uh, for the AJC. Tia, thank you for joining us by phone today. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're going to get to you in just a minute because you just filed a story about Doug Collins that we want to talk about in a couple of minutes. Um, also with us today in the studio, uh, Charles Cook. He is one of the top immigration lawyers in the Southeast, but he's also a very savvy political observer and analyst, and we're glad to have you here. You had uh, your family with you. How many grandchildren? Did you have all your grandchildren I had all you?
3: seven of my grandchildren here this weekend. It was delightful. <sighs>
1: well, Wow, that's fabulous! I know
3: I don't look as old as Jim. No, if you're if
1: you're watching on Facebook Live, you'd look at Cook and say, "There's no way this guy could have seven grandchildren." <laughs> Edward Lindsay is here. Uh, Edward, you had your uh, your uh, three sons all gathered around the Thanksgiving
4: table. Three sons, one daughter-in-law, one girlfriend, and one grand dog. That's it.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, it is time to get started talking about politics. As we do, by the way, just a
1: couple of quick notes. Uh, first of all. We're going to be traveling up to Athens tomorrow. The Political Rewind team is going to do our show out of WUGA, our affiliate out there. And I'm excited that we will have a big news announcement to make about Political Rewind when we're in the studios tomorrow at two o'clock. So I hope you'll join us for that show and hear the news that we're uh, looking forward to bringing to you um, that's enough announcements for now. Let's just get right into the uh, conversation for today. Tia, let me start, if I may, with you, because you did just file a piece on uh, Representative Doug Collins, who is has now the action is returning to the Judiciary Committee with uh, Gerald Nadler's committee convening on Wednesday to begin deliberating over potential articles of impeachment. Collins moves back into the position as the president's chief Uh, defender. Uh, And uh, uh, tell us a little bit about the story you just filed uh, at the uh, Insider blog.
0: Yes. So you're right. You know, now that impeachment is entering its next phase, it's landing in the Judiciary Committee, which is the committee that is tasked with, if there are going to be articles of impeachment, formal charges against the president, that's the committee that would draft them and send them to the House floor. And uh, Representative Collins, of Gainesville Georgia is the ranking Republican on the committee and you know the way Congress is set up the that that top leader even though Democrats are in control as the top Republican on the committee he still gets a lot of power on the committee he gets a lot of say so on the committee and he's going to get a lot of time to talk when the committee meets
1: you uh, quote him in your piece as uh, telling the AJC it's easy to argue when you have truth on your side, whether that shows me as a defender of the president, which it is, or whether that shows me in our Republican conference is tired of the attacks from the Democrats on a duly elected president for what is no reason for impeachment, then so be it. Uh, before we all talk, let's also listen to a couple of sound bites from Doug Collins over the weekend. He did uh, Chris Wallace's show on Fox News. Uh, first, uh, he will talk about. The fact that he has a first witness that he is going to ask Nadler to call on Wednesday.
6: First and foremost, the first person who needs to testify is Adam Schiff. Adam Schiff is the author of this report. Adam Schiff has been the author of many things, um, a lot of them found to be false over the past couple of years. But he's going to be the author of this report. He's compared himself in the past to a special counsel. This is what he said he was doing. Well, if we go back to Clinton and, and even back to Nixon, but in Clinton, Ken Starr was the special counsel. He presented a report that we're going to get his uh, judiciary. He actually came and sat and testified under oath and took questions from all sides, including the White House. My first and foremost witness is Adam Schiff.
1: All right. Discuss amongst yourselves. Uh, Number one, I think you broke broke a couple speed limits there. Uh,
3: Uh, Is he from New York? I just want to know. That was fast. You
1: know, when you listen to podcasts and you increase the speed to one and a
2: half or two, that's Collins all the time. Go ahead. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. It's it's uh, look, he he realizes this is a really interesting moment for, for 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 Georgia because. Doug Collins is kind of at the nexus of the two most important political stories of of what well, could be our you know of, of possibly of the, of the decade. Uh, I mean he's 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 already made it clear that he intends to to, to run for, run for US Senate or at least he didn't rule it, rule it out in that same same interview. And and of course he's going to be the the, the primary face of, of 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 the Trump defense. Uh, hey, Tia, would you, in in your in, when you talk to when you talk to Doug, um, uh Representative Collins, did you did you uh, did you pick up any any more hints that he he actually intends to make a, a U.S. Senate run?
0: He is being very um, cautious about what he says about that. So when I asked him, and he's given the same answer even this past Sunday on Fox News, he's saying, you know, right now. He's focused on impeachment when the governor decides who he's going to choose. And as we know, all indications are the governor is not going to choose Representative Collins. Um, He says once that choice happens, he'll decide next steps. Um, You know, he's just kind of being very noncommittal. But, you know, I think it goes without saying that even to float that he would consider running for the seat if he's not chosen says a lot.
1: Edward, I thought that the quote that Tia, uh, that I read that that she got for her piece is important uh, because he is towing the Republican line, which is there is really nothing of substance to see here. This is all just a Democratic plot to undermine the president uh, and get him thrown out of office against the will of the
4: people. It it, it is a Republican line. It is uh, the president's strongest defense. Uh, There are several different folk uh, categories of people who don't uh, support impeachment. Uh, Some say it's because the president did absolutely nothing wrong. Uh, Some say, well, if the president did make a mistake here, it's not impeachable. And he is uh, basically standing up and saying this is not an impeachable offense. Let's move on to something important. And I will say this is that uh, he and other Republicans, I think, to a certain degree, are leading uh, Democrats into a trap. Because while they control the judiciary, House judiciary, while they control the House uh, representatives as, as a whole, uh, once this thing gets over to the Senate and suddenly it's in, in Republican hands, and uh, several Democratic senators who are running for president are suddenly uh, sitting there unable to even say anything but listening to the evidence for three or four weeks, while the Republicans put on the defense of the president and are likely to bring in Adam Schiff, even if He's not allowed to be brought in on, at the House Judiciary. Uh, Doug is planting the seeds right now for bringing Adam Schiff in and putting his conduct over the last couple of years uh, squarely uh, within the crosshairs as well as some other folks such as uh, Hunter Biden and even the former vice president. So, you know, he's sort of laying the groundwork. Uh, for a potential trap of Democrats. Um, Chuck, we see no reason why
1: the Democratic chair of the Judiciary Committee uh, is going to accede to the Republican requests that Schiff be the first witness. I I don't know the, I, I have to admit, and maybe Tia does know this, or Jim, you may, I don't know to what extent the committee is is uh, required to honor the witness list of the opposing party. To what extent they want to honor it simply to look like they're being fair or not. But I would imagine that calling Schiff as witness number one is probably not in in Nadler's plan right now. now I,
3: I would imagine he's not going to be called as a witness. I, I'm pretty sure they cannot subpoena him because he's actually sitting in Congress. so He's yeah. not subpoenaable yeah. at this point. And, you know, that that again plays into the Republican vision of what's happening here Uh, and I love the way that Ed summarized it here well even if he did some something it's not that bad Um, and I just keep thinking back to that uh, what happened during the Obama presidency Benghazi you know this the Republicans have set themselves up by spending years going after the Benghazi issue which in retrospect doesn't seem nearly as bad as soliciting foreign aid for a US election Uh, this is uh, I, I think Ed is right I think the Democrats who routinely screw up one-person parades uh, could easily get end up on the short side of this stick if it gets over to the Senate. Uh, but I do not see Adam Schiff testifying either in the House or in the Senate, uh, which makes him a great foil going forward.
2: Yeah. Do t- t- Do you know the answer? I mean, is, is uh, I know that we've got uh, a we've got uh, uh, several constitutional scholars who are going to be, make up the first witness uh, list on That'll Wednesday. That'll be great TV. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Law professors, nothing better than that. But, but, Must but, say TV. But we'll, we'll, we'll actually, actually, will Adam Smith make a formal presentation of his committee Adam findings? Adam Schiff,
5: yeah.
0: Adam, so, um, to answer the, the question, there's two things. Number one, in the rules that laid out kind of how the impeachment process would move forward that the House has approved, um, basically the Democrat majority kind of has a uh, final say over the witnesses that are called. So the Republicans request witnesses, but um, the chairman of the committee, whether it's intelligence judiciary, they have to, they get final say. So, so as you guys said, I agree. I doubt that Adam Schiff, that they'll agree to call him as a witness in the house. Um, and then, you know, the, the meeting on Wednesday, yes, there will be uh, constitutional experts, um, that's one of the points raised by Representative Collins, because he says of the four people kind of uh, listed to speak, three of them are kind of left-leaning, and only one of them is kind of a conservative constitutional scholar, um, which, again, is according to House rules, Democrats are in the majority. They get the most say over who gets to speak. Um, they, I do think that they will go over the report from the Intelligence Committee, which mm-hmm. will be approved Tuesday night, but I don't necessarily know if Representative Schiff himself will be there to present the report. That hasn't been determined. That hasn't been specified. But they are supposed to go over that report when they meet on Wednesday.
1: Tia, let's, and everybody, let's listen to when Chris Wallace asked why Collins specifically wanted Adam Schiff brought in to testify. Let's listen to the questions he says that he would want to ask Adam Schiff.
6: If he chooses not to, then I really question his veracity and what he's putting in his report. I question his, you know, the motives of why he's doing it. It's easy to hide behind a report. It's easy to hide behind a gavel in intelligence committees behind closed door hearings. But it's gonna be one another thing to actually get up and have to answer questions about what his staff knew, how he knew, what he did about the whistleblower report, his interactions that he's had with Ukraine, the other things that he's had over time in this process, and also why he has still not released documents to our committee and reports to our committee that we need to actually proceed in our Committee of Judiciary Committee, which is the Committee of Impeachment. You know, there's a
1: lot to unpack there, I think. Uh, number one is just to simply make the point, I think, Edward, that uh, whatever you think about the substance of Doug Collins' arguments. Uh, You can understand why President Trump just a little while ago uh, uh, issued a statement saying how much he appreciated Collins' defense of him over the weekend. Collins is a vociferous
4: defender of the president, regardless of whether you think he's right or wrong. Well, yeah, I I served with Doug uh, when he was still in law school uh, in the House and after he got out and I watched him mature as a lawyer. He's a damn fine lawyer, uh, period. Uh, And he will be a strong defender of the president. Uh, in the House Judiciary Committee, and, um, and quite frankly, from a procedural standpoint, he's got a point, as he laid out, in that uh, previous impeachment proceedings in the House, uh, where there was a special prosecutor, you had the special prosecutor come and lay out the evidence uh, to the ju- uh, committee and in this particular case uh, Adam Schiff has made a point that he is in effect the special prosecutor and so he's got a he's got a legitimate point that I think people need to pay attention right, to so let's
3: pick up yeah, on that but you know true he's he's is he he's the head of the special prosecutor which is the entire committee mm-hmm. and he will be presenting a very detailed report as we understand it of all the facts that led up as part of their investigation including I think all of the closed door testimony uh that's releasable to the public. So all that's going to be there. I I found what Doug Collins said uh, to be very quick and to be absolutely meaningless. He's, he 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 literally threw a whole bunch of statements out there. Without any context to any of them at all well, he is referring
1: clearly Jim, uh, to the fact that the Republicans have tried to make the argument. the Republicans have seized upon the fact that the whistleblower we, we have learned I think it was the New York Times that reported it first that the whistleblower did contact members of the uh, intelligence committee to find out how to proceed uh, with uh, hit the complaint now, And and, put it in context. And and uh, the whistleblower was referred to the, was told to to contact the IG. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, Because the Justice Department had already said, we're not taking this seriously. So Republicans have seized upon this to try to make the case that this was all a plot hatched by the whistleblower, by Adam Schiff. Schiff claims to have never met him. But that's clearly one of these that uh, that Collins
2: was refer- referring to, alluding to in that list of uh, questions. Right, right. Hey, listen, I, I've got a question for Ed here. And, and just because you're the yep. only one in, in this in the studio who has a, has a, as who has acted as a lawyer while serving as a representative, yep. I mean, and, and we we've described Doug Collins as 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 Trump's attorney on the on the House Judiciary Committee. Is that a seamless role, uh, acting as a president's attorney and representing your, the constituents of the ninth district? Well, actually, technically, he's not his attorney.
4: I mean, he's well, acting sure, as sure. his advocate yeah. mm-hmm. here. Uh, you know, there are several times in which legislators are put into position of advocating one side or another, whether it be an individual or an issue. And yeah, and but that's always sort of a balance that you got to have uh, with your community back home uh, as to, you know, how much of what you're doing is purely uh, representing their point of view and how much you, they have entrusted in you to go to Washington or go to any legislature and do what you think is right. He's He's in that latter category right now,
1: Um, Tia. The uh, there there does feel that Democrats are pushing this. They're rushing in many ways. I mean, I'm wondering if Collins and other Republicans who have said, hey, we're not even getting the report from intelligence until Tuesday, they are already saying we've got Friday as a deadline for the White House to get, decide whether they're going to represent, be represented by an attorney. We have no idea who the witnesses are. I mean, they're laying out this case. And if this is a battle for the hearts and minds of the American people, I come away from this wondering two different things, and I'll ask you to comment on it, Tia. One is, Democrats are moving fast. We've been told from the start they want to get this done by Christmas. Uh, So have they decided... We know we're not going to win over any Trump folks with this. Let's just make this happen. Yes, we're going to get accused of pushing too hard. Uh, the, the Republicans are going to complain about the fact they're not getting the chance to defend the president appropriately, and they just realize they got to move forward anyway. I mean, why? Why? How is this sort of what feels like a rushed process going to be imp- impacting our thinking about all this? Do you imagine?
0: I think so i think democrats are getting it from both sides because on one side you have republicans saying you know this is rushed and why are you in a hurry but there's also some even those same republicans are saying oh my gosh how many times are you going to ask these people to testify and you all yeah. keep on <laughs> yeah. trying to find something you you want to find something so bad that you keep digging and digging and digging and asking all these people to testify because you're looking for something and so it's like they can't you know it's you know the catch-22 they can't win for losing if you will so i think part of them part of what the democrats are saying is let's just get it over with let's get it over with and then we'll go on the holiday break let the chips fall where they may, let it be, and then when we're back in January, you know, we're going to move on because, remember, 2020, that's the start of an election.
1: I, I think Tia really hit on something. It feels probably correct Chuck, that 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 is where Democrats are right now. Let's get this done. I've said a few times in this show, I wonder if Nancy Pelosi has awakened in the middle of the night every now and then thinking, why did I start this impeachment? <laughs> <round?"> <laughs> but but they're there but they no and choice. they just want to get it finished.
3: Well, they had no choice to, to move forward. They're, they're, yeah. Their constituents, they said, we must do yeah, this. I yeah, understand so that. do it, get it done and let the Senate deal with it. And we don't care at that point.
4: But that doesn't for, for the reason, Chuck, that you just mentioned that strategy doesn't work for Democrats. Exactly. It's, simply, which is not, it's the the simply not a matter of of let's get it off the plate exactly. of the House. Uh, they're basically dumping it squarely into the lap of the Democrats in the Senate uh, where they will not be in control and where I can guarantee you that whether Adam Schiff can be legally uh, compelled to show up because he's a member of Congress to the Senate, he's he, going to be an empty chair there if he's not there uh after they call him that there they will be compelling folks like hunter biden and, and others and a lot of folks who want to be president are going to be stuck sitting in the senate while the republicans by the the president's side is being presented probably 80 percent of the time in january yeah. in the senate so it's it's a dangerous situation and and as you said they don't really have much choice because their base is is, is demanding it they actually had one congresswoman I think, from Michigan, who had the audacity to say, this may not be such a good idea. (laughs) Let's just censure the president and move on. And suddenly she got an enormous amount of backlash for that uh, because the base wants to see an impeachment.
3: Well, I'm not sure the Democrats are going to be able to vote it out on impeachment. Are they going to get 219? Are they going to get 90 X percent of their members to say yes, impeach him?
4: I think I, 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 I think, I think it's very clear. And the line I like to be using lately is, this is high drama with no suspense.
3: Uh,
4: (laughs) Jim, before we uh, move on, uh,
1: what's Doug Collins, given his district, given the very, very conservative nature of the district, one of the safest districts for a Republican in the United States? Is there any liability for him to continue being such an outspoken champion of the president moving forward?
2: Not yet. Not yet, uh, not, not that I've seen. I mean, could it? Could 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 the the, the trial go awry? Despite what my two lawyer friends <laughs> say, yeah, yeah, things could things could get revealed that 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 that, that could hurt that. Uh, but right now, no, I, I think the uh, and, and, and remember, he is allied in, if you if you go back to that polling me- memo that he was using uh, back in November to persuade Donald Trump to, to kind of back his, back him for, for, for the Senate, impeach, Im, impeachment was central. It was core to that memo yeah. it was it was it was his defense of Trump. so so no, I don't think so. All right, we're going to take a break in a minute. T.. I know you have to
1: leave us, but before you do. Uh, are, are you going to be uh, reporting? Are you going to be there Wednesday watching from whatever position you have in the ho- in the House and in the um, uh, 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 Judiciary Committee and reporting on all of this? And this, I, I ask you this because you're joining the AJC's Washington team at exactly the right moment.
0: Yes, I just arrived in Washington uh, this afternoon. Um, tomorrow, I'll be writing about... Uh, senator isaacson's farewell speech and then on wednesday i plan on being at the judiciary committee meeting to see how representative collins does
1: well tia we are so glad i i did not realize you just arrived in washington (laughs) so we're really grateful that you uh, did the show today and uh by the way i hope you had a great thanksgiving too i didn't ask you but i i hope you got plenty of rest for what you've got ahead of you
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much, and right. happy holidays, everyone. You too.
1: We'll talk to you again soon. Let's do this. Um, let's reset. Uh, no, before we do that, as long as we've got Doug Collins on the, our minds, let's listen to one other question that he was asked by Chris Wallace yesterday that really sets us up for the next segment of our show. Uh, everybody knows that Doug Collins said last week that if he is not – uh, the choice of Brian Kemp for the Johnny Isaacson seat. He just may run anyway. Now that we hear that it may not be Doug Collins, let's listen to what he had to say
6: to Chris Wallace about that.
2: What do you know about where this stands? And if he appoints her
6: and not you, how are you going to feel about that? Well, the governor still has that appointment to be made. I appreciate the support that I've received from the president and many others. But right now, as you can see in this interview this morning, I have a big job to do in the next three weeks, and that's impeachment. We'll let to see where the governor goes with this pick, and then we'll have a decision to make after that. But right now, my full focus and attention is on impeachment, and also as I look forward is what is best for Georgia. Those will be the things that play into my mind. But right now, first and foremost, it is defending against this faux sham impeachment that we're going to get started on Wednesday with. Uh, The
1: extraordinary story of a Senate choice as it unfolded since late last week. We'll get to that after these messages.
5: What's the best way to give back to your community? That's a trick question because there are lots of ways. I'm Shankar Vedantam. Giving Tuesday is almost here, and it's a day to donate a skill, your time, or your money to nonprofits that strengthen your community. This public radio station does that by keeping you and your neighbors informed. Give now so we can all keep listening later. Call 800-222-4788 or give online at gpb.org. Thanks.
4: Next year's U.S. Census will be the first conducted mostly online. To make sure that doesn't lead to an undercount of communities of color, one organization in Georgia is setting up free Wi-Fi hotspots.
6: We have an opportunity to be counted and to show up. And if we don't, then we're losing money. We're also losing power in terms of influence and representation.
0: I'm
5: Ari Shapiro. That story this afternoon on All Things Considered from NPR News.
0: Join us for All Things Considered this afternoon from 4 to 6 right here on GPB.
1: Jim Galloway, the story of Brian Kemp's choice for the U.S. Senate seat that's now occupied by Johnny Isaacson has unfolded since last Friday when the AJC was the first to report that Kemp decided on Kelly Loeffler, uh, the uh, part owner of the WNBA team, the Atlanta Dream, a financial executive who uh, has her own uh, uh, kind of a Bitcoin Bitcoin stock type operation. Uh, Her husband is the owner of the of the uh, New York Stock Exchange and other exchanges as well. Um, You all reported that that was going to happen on Friday. And uh, or that that you reported on Friday it was going to happen soon. It hasn't happened yet. Let's go back and just look at what that reporting uh, unleashed. Okay, I, I, but I would back up a little <laughs> yes. bit further, even. Okay.
2: Because really, what set this off was an interview that uh, that Doug Collins gave to, to, uh, to my colleague uh, Greg Bluestein, yep, in, in which he said. If if I'm not the if I'm not the choice, then I'm I may run anyway. This was this was back in mid November, yep. and it was kind of a it was a that was that's a that's a gauntlet you're throwing right in front of the gov- governor. Okay, so the question is how how would the governor respond? Uh, we had we had Donald Trump weigh in in person on a on a personal visit to Atlanta, and then again in in a phone call probably two. He uh, wanted Collins. Yes, and then we had the extraordinary—I mean—and th- the extraordinary incident of the governor taking Kelly Loeffler into the White House with uh, with uh, uh, with I think Nick Ayers. Yep. Uh, and and making the case for why she should be picked rather than Doug Collins. I mean, th- just that is just mind-boggling uh, to have a governor. Have to go to the White House to justify his
1: pick. The way Bluestein, who has just dominated on this story, he's <laughs> yeah. been getting one exclusive after another, reported that this meeting lasted for about an hour wow. with the president. Mm-hmm. That uh, apparently the president – it was not a friendly meeting. It did not go well. And, and Bluestein reports that by the end of it, the president essentially said, if you already knew you were
2: going to pick her, why did you come to see me? So it did not end well, <laughs> right, and so okay. So Friday answered the question: Which way would the, would the governor go? Uh, he was in a box. He if if he if he caved and and went with Doug Collins, then he would be con- perceived as weak. That would hurt him. Uh, and but of course, if he if he goes with Loeffler, then uh, a single tweet could make uh, from the president could make her life dif- difficult. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and what we know now is we. We're pretty darn sure that he's going to go with Loeffler. Well,
1: to the extent that uh, I just noticed that there's a story that was posted on the AJC Insider a little while ago that the headline is Kelly Loeffler to have powerful ally after she's tapped to the
2: Senate in Georgia. We've gone way beyond speculation. Yeah, they're all just waiting. That's the National Republican Senatorial Committee. Yeah, very important.
4: Quite frankly, I take a very different take than Jim did in terms of asking, well, why would he have gone to the president? I think he was showing respect. Uh, this was a gentleman that, uh, that is the president of the United States, that is the, the head of the Republican Party nationally. Uh, the governor has a very different view on who he's going to pick. Uh, so he was showing some respect to the president. But at the same time, he's also made it very clear that he is his own man. Uh, that yes, I'm going to listen to the president. I'm even going to let the president tell me that he disagrees with me uh, But at the end of the day, it is my pick. I'm the governor of this state. I'm the one who's run statewide I'm the one with a 55% plus approval rating that's been going up steadily and uh, And at the end of the day I'm the one who has the better idea on who is would be the best pick for here in Georgia So I think I think in the while in the short run, I'm sure it was uncomfortable having the president disagree with you. Uh, the president has a way of expressing his opinion very um, bluntly. Bluntly, uh, But nevertheless, I think in the long run, it was a smart move for the governor by, by virtue of showing him the respect of being the president and the head of the national party, but nevertheless showing that he's also his own man. So Chuck,
1: what's interesting is this could have been a perceived by the media as a battle between president Trump mm-hmm. and governor Kemp, uh, Moving forward on the story, but several real conservative uh, voices out there uh, managed to head that off. Matt Gaetz. Yeah. Congressman from Florida. I I cannot remember (laughs) in the normal world of politics the last time we saw... A congressman from one state decide to cross a state line, throw a bomb at the governor of the another governor state. state, as Gates did. Attacking Kemp, calling him, you know, a uh, a uh, you know a never Trumper, essentially a rhino. <laughs> That he ought to be primaried in 2022. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh,
3: those, those will be all things you cannot call Governor Kemp. He is pres- he is governor today because of Donald Trump. Let's, yeah. let's be clear about the appearance uh, during the primary uh, runoff. Uh, Getz is out of control. I mean, uh, whatever comes out of Matt Getz's mouth, you don't know where that's actually originating from. I think most political pundits just ignore what he has to say. Well, he was, doesn't carry the gravitas that, that Doug Collins carries, uh, for example.
4: Well, on so many different levels, uh, yeah. it was a gift from heaven yeah. to have him from Florida, because right. I still remember yeah. the old right. Louis Gizard line: <laughs> "What do you get when you cross a, a pig with a Florida with, with a Florida Gator?" Nothing. Some things a gator – f- rather, some things a pig just won't do. Uh, and so – and I'm surprised no one has used that yet without and, – and, but, you know, the fact of the matter is he's someone from out of state and who cares? You
2: know, Jim? Uh, okay, OK. Well, first of all, I need to, to, to uh, push back on my friend Ed Lindsay's pushback. <laughs> yeah. You point me to another governor who has had to trek to the White House in a show of respect – I mean that is that's 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 not in American political nomenclature. I mean that's 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 not that that has not been in, in our vet vocabulary. Before. Oh I agree
4: it's ahistorical, but I think in the long run, given this American president, uh it is going to mute a lot of his the long term uh animosity that some folks may raise right. by virtue of having done that. That's yeah, all I okay.
2: But uh and, and as far as, as Matt Getz's quotes, I, I just want to point us back to, and, and and Ed was there in the legislature uh, though not in the, the in the chamber where it happened in 2009 okay all right in in 2009 president barack obama was 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 president we had kind of this republican convulsion of neo confederacy and the state senate passed out a resolution declaring georgia a sovereign state yeah that 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 if it wanted to could separate it's just, itself yeah. from barack obama's united states it's- all right now we are in, are in a place where prominent Republicans, not just Matt Gates, are saying that the only man with the wisdom to make this choice is sitting in the White House. It is just this this vast change. Of Republican philosophy that is just completely stunning. Have, but there are an we, awful lot of Republicans
4: in Georgia who are pushing back on that, making right, it clear that yeah. this no, government no, let's, has the let's, best let's, But no, let's look at the bigger
3: picture. The we'll bigger, go ahead. The bigger picture here is: is this the right choice for Georgia? I mean, yeah. I, I you know I think it <laughs> is. Uh, this too. is uh, putting Doug Collins as a senator. I think that guarantees a Democratic senator in 2020 as a result of the runoffs that, would ha- that are going to occur in that election. Uh, bringing in uh, Kelly Loeffler a- as it is, she carries a great deal of support working within the, the WNBA. Uh, she is her own, uh, uh, her own successful entrepreneur, uh, discounting whatever it is she- she's done with her husband. Um, she is clearly interested in this. I-, I think she was recruited by the governor. Remember, she didn't put her resume in until literally the last week.
2: Last I, hours. I mean, last yeah.
3: hours. I think she was recruited for this because looking at the what is looking possibly as a as a as a bloodbath in the Georgia suburbs in the next election, uh, putting a, a woman entrepreneur on the ticket who's worked with minorities who can and do outreach in ways that Doug Collins could never do. Um, I, I think I think it's a brilliant political move right, so, I don't
4: I don't think that you can take anything away from Doug I think in the long term he does have a bright political future. This isn't a race that he should be running in. I think that Kelly Loeffler is a great pick. I think if you look at uh, at her past achievements both in terms of her business acumen and in terms of her civic activities mm-hmm. uh, such as her work on Grady yes. which will make her a very influential uh, voice on health care issues into the future. All right. But let me again,
1: I want to talk, let's talk about how what this does to the GOP in Georgia, uh, Jim. It's going to create uh, some schisms that we have not seen. The Republicans have remained unified through thick and thin, through fire and fury over President Trump. And the Republicans in this state, like in most states, have remained intact as a party. This potentially pits the most conservative Republicans, the most Trump loyal Republicans against uh, the what you for want of a better word more moderate
2: uh, uh, folks in the right party. and and some of that resentment might be <laughs> dimmed when when Kelly Loeffler votes against him uh, votes to acquit Trump yes in an impeachment trial all right yes. Yes. so, the, so yes. a lot of that will go away but there still remains um, in, in within the Georgia GOP this huge divide that that's growing ever wider between rural rural Georgia and and suburban urban Georgia and there, and that's going to that will show itself up next. I week. think there, there the is f- that
4: divide but you but keep in mind I think for the long term Republicans need to need to bring that back to uh, heal that back. They they need that they need that rural suburban uh coalition in order to get uh, to get folks. Well, elected. and that's
1: going to be Kemp's task. Right. I mean, yeah. he's going to really be—that's going to be his main responsibility. Uh, but, 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 Chuck, um, I think the fire that has been, a, 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 you know, used to attack Lawler really tells us a lot about where our politics stand today. As an example, um, Grady Hospital is under attack because she's been a member of the board of Grady a right-wing pro uh, anti-abortion yeah. uh leader has said that she's part of the Grady uh, uh institution that trains abortionists. Grady hasn't performed an abortion on demand for more than a decade. Um, some of the other board members with Loeffler uh, at Grady are people like Frank Blake, about as Republican <laughs> as he can get, former head of um, Home Depot. Well, and, that and Grady's kind success of attack
3: is under her. I mean, Grady is, is, has been in the turnaround. Grady is doing remarkable things in the community. Well, not necessarily yeah. just uh, under her. My favorite <laughs> attack on Loeffler was this. Well, she contributed to Democrats in the past. Yeah. Oh, uh, so dude Trump. in the White House. Uh, yeah. I mean, really, how, how could you look at that? And she's given hundreds of thousands of dollars to the, to the Trump campaign uh, since then. Uh, it, I, I think it's a super wise. But Edward, but this
1: it, just talks about the scorched earth politics of today.
4: There are some that do, but, but I think that you also need to hear the Republican voices that have pushed back, for okay. instance, on Grady. Could you imagine... And And you've been around in politics longer than I have, Jim. Could you imagine twenty years ago having Republicans stand up and defending Grady? They are now. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Republicans uh, such as Tim Eccles, Chuck yeah. Eaton, and others have stood up uh, and have said, "You know, Grady is a na- is a state treasure. Uh, and we're very proud of what it's doing for our citizens and we're very proud of the turnaround. And Republicans have been a great part of that turnaround. And they, they, and they, have
2: they, been, they are now part of the governance, which yes. wasn't wasn't the case Always twenty the case. years ago.
4: And so and so while yes, uh, Bill's absolutely right, there are those who want to engage in a scorched earth, so be it. But but you, you got to look at the folks even the folks on the cons- on on sort of the the vanguard of the Repu- of the conservative movement who are defending lawfer and defending the governor uh, Eric Erickson uh no no bigger star on the on the on the conservative end of the Republican Party than than Eric Erickson and he is he has come out today very strongly mm-hmm. defending the governor and defending this choice
2: uh we, we haven't talked about the other uh uh, organization that's yeah, taking collateral d- uh, damage, which is the WNBA. Yeah. Yes, yeah, uh, because Lawler is co-owner of the Atlanta Dream. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a uh, uh, now are, you are you are seeing in, in that in that same press that you, the, the, the vituperative Republican press. You're seeing, you know, accusations of oh she's associating with an LGBT-friendly organization. Yeah. Uh, I think there was a there was a WNBA promotion. Of uh, a charity promotion where where Planned Parenthood was one of six or- organizations that got got funds, and and of course uh, there's a there's a the really interesting parallel there. Well, keep in mind.
1: Well, wait before go ahead I, because this, this parallel is well worth. It's one of those wonderful little moments. We saw this in the 1970 governor's race. That's right, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we, yes we did.
3: <laughs>
4: but 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 remember well, this: there have been only two national championships, uh, professional teams in the last 10 years. One was this. At- Here in Atlanta. Yeah. But wait, go back. One, to the na- one was this team that yeah. she is the uh, owner of, yeah. and the other one is the Atlanta in the 19- right. well, Let's
1: go back and tell that story very okay. quickly. In All the right.
2: 1970 governor's race, Jimmy Carter was. was He was facing former governor Carl Sanders, who was trying to make a comeback. Yep. Carter was running to the right, not the left. He was running to the right of Cuffling Carl and 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 in that uh, he was he was he was appealing to people who were be, who were being made uncomfortable by, by integration. Yeah, he ran mm. as a seg candidate for much of that campaign. Mm. And and one of the flyers that was put out that just happened to make its way into South Georgia had Carl Sanders being doused with champagne by a, a an African-American member of the Hawks who won the uh, Western Division that year. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh, they use that against uh, uh, Sanders in South Georgia. And we're seeing uh, Kelly Loeffler uh, being tired with the same kind of uh, uh, brush. I, Chuck, you respond to the, my concerns about this scorched earth uh, sort of approach to all of our politics. Just to, to add one note to it, the response from the governor's office, on Gates especially, <laughs> oh, <yeah>. they <laughs> called him an acid wash jean shorts a Floridian with Stacy Abrams syndrome, an oddly submissive, whatever that means, outsider telling Georgians what to do, a cowardly interloper who stuffs Pokemon cards in his pocket and can't can't cut it in South Georgia. I don't know what all those <laughs> references are to, but I think it's pretty uh, funny. I think
3: every Georgian would agree with that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No doubt uh, every Georgian is now against Matt Cage and yeah, will not yeah, be voting in front of any election. Yeah,
1: yeah, right, right. But what about this? You know, we, this is where our politics are today. Well, if,
3: if this is where our politics is going, uh, then we're in deep trouble as a country. Yeah. But I, I, I'll do all kudos to Governor Kemp. He is clearly trying not to go there. He, and it's, it's not just in the, the prospective Leffler nomination. Look at his judicial picks mm-hmm. around the state. They have been diverse. Uh, they have been uh, uh, done in ways to bring people who aren't normally part of the system into the system. People he's appointing to boards and to leadership positions. I have to tell you, uh, if, if there was a message to be delivered in the last election, I think Governor Kemp learned it.
1: All right. Yeah. So, uh, Jim, Edward already alluded to it, and I'll give you a chance to weigh in on more in a second, Edward, already alluded to it. This is probably not the race that Doug Collins should be making, assuming Loeffler is, in fact, the choice. And we'll know that pretty soon. Um, what, what are the damages that Collins could do to Republicans? Or, let's flip it around, what are the ways in which he might be of
2: help to the Republican Party if he runs against uh, Let me see. Let me see. Here, here's – let me at least kind of chart out where, where I think this might be headed. OK. Uh, Doug Collins has a choice to make whether to jump into the Senate race or not. A lot of it will depend on where he gets – where he can raise his money from. Uh, you, can be, you can be pretty sure that the government, governor, Kemp, will try to shut off every tap that he can yeah. so that he would have to uh, – it, it also depends a whole lot on what President Trump does. And, and, and let's keep in mind that Trump has not really gone public. With his endorsement of, of of Doug Collins, it's always it's all been secondhand so far, and and neither have the Purdue cousins, and that's important as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So, but do I think even if Doug Collins chooses not to not not to run, and he's like you mentioned, he's in a very safe seat. He is not a wealthy man. He he doesn't he he, he doesn't come from wealth. Uh, but even if Doug doesn't run, there will be a there will be a rural challenger yeah. to to Lawler. Yeah. And the question comes, who, who is it, how much money can they raise, and, and what kind of split will, it occur, will occur within the Republican Party because the Dems will have to pick somebody to match Loeffler. One person.
4: Edward? Well, yeah. um, this is not Doug Collins' race to run. Uh, he has a bright future uh, in this state. Uh, he has a bright future in Congress. Uh, you know, He is the ranking uh, member of the Judiciary Committee. When Republicans take control back of Congress, he's likely to become the chair of Judiciary Committee. Uh, he has uh, – and we can move up through leadership in other ways as well. And he has a bright future in Georgia uh, in terms of a future state run race. He's relatively young. He's in his early 40s. Uh, So that a gubernatorial race in 2026 or a Senate race somewhere down the road is still well within his timeline. He does not need to be making this race. Uh, I do understand him showing a little bit of deference to those who are supporting him and not taking his name out immediately. But hopefully uh, shortly after. Uh, Lawler is picked and uh, shortly after he finishes what he needs to be doing to defend the president in the House Judiciary Committee, he'll step up and say, uh, this is not my year and I'm going to be backing Lawler." He will earn a great amount of goodwill. Uh, from the governor and the people who support the governor and others here in Georgia and he can still hold his base together for a, and powder dry for another race. I, another year. Yeah
1: and we're going to get to a break but Chuck I'll ask you for the last words on this. It does seem to me that right now there is something of a tumultuous storm around all of this but I think Edward actually alluded mm-hmm. to it once the choice is announced once we see Lawler on the campaign trail Once Doug Collins commits himself to being the the defender of the president in the impeachment hearings, we'll watch very carefully to see how the Republican Party in Georgia comes back together. And, you know... Politics is so transitory that we may find that they're coming back together just fine. That does not mean that Loeffler will accomplish for them what they hope, which is to suddenly bring suburban women back yeah, in the fold.
3: And we don't know what kind of campaigner she is. We yeah. don't know what kind of even public speaker yeah. she is for the most yeah. part. Uh, at the end of the day, if if there is a conservative, a right, a further right-wing challenger to to Loeffler as part of this, that they have to be concerned because this race in November 2020 is not— it's no primary before that. This, if the Democrats get behind one candidate, they can—they might squeak over 50%. Wow, I mean, wow. there's too. a prediction. Yeah.
1: You know, so Lindsay just predicted that Republicans are going to take back the House. You just predicted that Democrats. <laughs> <going> to... <laughs> See, we're a fair and balanced show. Let's we get on. our final we break are.
5: of the show out of the way and we'll be right back. What's the best way to give back to your community? That's a trick question because there are lots of ways. I'm Shankar Vedantam. Giving Tuesday is almost here, and it's a day to donate a skill, your time, or your money to nonprofits that strengthen your community. This public radio station does that by keeping you and your neighbors informed. Give now so we can all keep listening later. Call 800-222-4788 or give online at gpb.org. Thanks.
2: On the next Fresh Air, actor David Harbour from the Netflix series Stranger Things. He plays the skeptical police chief of a sleepy town besieged by supernatural events.
1: One you know, of the worst thing that's ever happened here. was when an owl attacked Eleanor
2: Gillespie's head because it thought that her hair was a nest. And we remember New Yorker cartoonist Gayon Wilson, who died recently. Join us.
6: Tune in to Fresh Air at 3 this afternoon here on Georgia Public Broadcasting.
1: Welcome back to uh, Political Rewind. Just one more quick note. We'll be out in Athens tomorrow, WUGA. We're looking forward to their hospitality. I'm actually going to be out there speaking to uh, uh, Professor uh, Audrey Haynes' political science and uh, and uh, uh, Charles Bullock's political science classes. And then we're all going to go over to WUGA and Charles Bullock, the dean of really political uh, science professors in the state and uh, Audrey Haynes will be with us for Political Rewind. So we hope you'll join us for that when we will have what I think is an announcement, a pretty, for us, a big announcement. Um, Edward Lindsay, uh, we, uh, over the weekend or late last week, uh, we lost uh, Jay Powell, who was a revered figure in the Georgia legislature. I have to acknowledge that he came into his... Yes. Tenure there during a time when I wasn't down at the Capitol, but I know how uh, highly he was regarded and you knew him well. This
4: one hurts, uh, and it hurts in a bipartisan fashion. Uh, he, this was a, a gentleman that was a true statesman uh, that came in uh, with a, um, a servant's heart in terms of serving his district and his community. He comes from one of the more impoverished areas of the state and he was committed uh, to trying to, to help revitalize uh, our rural Georgia and worked very hard for it. He also understood the needs uh, of the state as a whole, including those of us living in suburban and urban areas, and he was mindful of that as well. He was able to work across the aisle. Uh, the most liberal Democrat and the most conservative Republican uh, could uh, could be assured that if they came and sat with him that he would give them an honest answer and give them wise advice. He will be sorely missed uh, by all of us who knew him, and 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 I don't use this
2: too often when it comes to
4: other politicians, but all of us who loved
2: him and we did love him very much. He was a, he was a chairman of the the House Ways and Means, means Committee, mm-hmm. which means he was pretty much in charge of all all taxation legislation and and, and he was he was very close to to House Speaker David Ralston yeah, yeah he uh, so this so this this is a this, <clears throat> it's it's a it's a personal blow for him uh, I, I would also note that I mean this time last year uh, we lost uh, John Meadows yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the chairman of the House Rules Committee uh he, had a, he lost a bout with with stomach cancer so you're seeing this uh, this this uh, uh, vanishing of of some respected house leadership Jay Powell was only 67
1: years right. old yeah. Yeah. he was at a up at Brastown bald resort the resort up there at Brastown mm-hmm. bald and young Harris and uh, collapsed at a meeting of Republican uh, the Republican leadership yes. uh, mm-hmm. caucus he was an attorney from Southwest uh, you said Southwest, Southwest Georgia specifically Camilla, uh, Camilla. Mm-hmm. And Brian Kemp issued a statement. The governor said his loss is devastating to the state of Georgia. So I I, I did want to just make a mention of uh, of his passing and uh, send our condolences out to to all of the people like you, Edward Lindsay, who cared about him greatly, his family, of course.
4: When we Uh, talk about divisions, uh, we need to make sure that uh, folks who are uh, folks who, who built bridges are recognized.
1: All right. Um one final note. Uh, uh Chuck Cook just handed me his phone where he had a tweet up from your colleague, uh, Greg Bluestein, uh saying what we have all been kind of told uh, uh, quietly that at ten A.M. on Wednesday morning, Governor Kemp will hold a news event in which he will announce he is a, he is appointing Kelly Lawler to uh take Johnny Isaacson's seat. This will come after uh the Senate tomorrow. Uh, The U.S. Senate pays tribute to Johnny at 2.30 in the afternoon for his long years of service. So on Wednesday, we finally get the word on Kelly
2: Loeffler. Uh, And and once again, you guys have been just all over this story. Think think about the timing of this. I mean, you celebrate Isaacson on a Tuesday. And then on Wednesday, you you name his replacement, which I who, – who I would argue is probably uh, very much in line with, with the Isaacson le- legacy. Yeah. All right,
1: that's it um, for uh, today. You know, there are very few shows when we have, like, basically two topics <laughs> and we could fill three hours. Uh, this was one of them, and I really appreciate the conversation. Uh, Chuck Cook, thank you for being here. Thank Edward you. Lindsay, you as well. You. Galloway, I'll see you again for our show on Friday. But, my gosh, that's so far from now. we got lots of shows between now and I wonder what we'll talk about. What <laughs> will we talk about? And I'll see all of you uh, back here for our show tomorrow at 2 o'clock when we'll be coming to you from the studios of WUGA. I'm Bill Nygut. Have a great evening.